Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to the first episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I'm Brent Griffith. And I'm Whitney Roberts, and we'd like to take this opportunity to thank everybody for downloading this podcast or streaming it or, or however you're you're getting to hear our voices. What we wanted to do is introduce everybody to the show and talk about what our goals are for the podcast, talk about what we want to cover and how we want to, uh, how we want to cover it and how we want to present it, and, uh, and, and then also make sure that uh, everybody gets to know uh, Brent and Whitney through this first episode, what we're about, what brought us here to the hobby, and uh, our collections and and what our goals are for the show. So, with that, uh, Brent, why don't uh, why don't we go ahead and get started? Let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about the show and, and w- what our goals are. So, from the show perspective, we're going to we're looking to keep it as natural as possible. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna look to shy away from a, a, a fit structure. Yeah, you're gonna hear a lot of mistakes. Oh yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna try we're gonna try to let it just roll. Just let it roll. Um, I've I've been getting ready to try to produce a podcast. I've I have gone out and sought out podcasts, and I, I didn't realize there was many out there as there are. Oh, there's there's a lot of quality podcasts in this area, and I, I will say that we've drawn a lot of inspiration from everybody who is producing at this point in time. So we'll we'll say thank you to everybody producing an arcade or pinball podcast oh, right I, now because we listen to all of you. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, folks producing now and folks that have yes. uh, kind of gone gone the way of uh, you know the past, and you've had to pull things from archive stuff that's still out there, and yeah. Um, one of the things that that I've noticed is that um, some of the more structured podcasts, at times, uh, probably striving to reach a deadline so that they've got um, consistent production and they can keep a consistent listener base. At times, they've kind of stretched. Perhaps that's to probably the best way to put it to to fill the segments. If they had, for example, a tech segment that mm-hmm. they were looking to fill. Um, um, it seems to be very, rather difficult just to plug something in that spot, and yeah. we're we're not necessarily looking to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think where where this where this podcast will eventually come into its own, and admittedly, this first couple of, first couple of episodes are are really kind of dry run. So uh, for everybody who muscles through muscles through this with us, we uh, you know we really do appreciate it. But I think the show and trying to keep that that natural cadence and that that down hopefully a home, more more than anything else a homespun feel you can probably already tell that by listening to our music and everything like that that we're uh, we're just we're just two two uh two very very simple guys who wanted to talk about arcade and pinball machines with without any real special slant it's more so just talking about the hobby what drives us in the hobby what brought us to the hobby you know news and uh and then you know there there will definitely be segments i mean we there has to be some some show structure but i think uh, i think where i think where, where we will shine is in the moments that that there are no structure and that that we that we intermix the two together oh i absolutely yeah. agree i'm uh coming to mind uh, right now is a few things that and, and i'm not going to give away any secrets this is kind of like the teaser before the commercial and maybe for those that maybe for those that remember you know who kind of who shot jr but yeah. you know i've got a couple of things that come to mind um that are 
let's say game room related. Yeah. That I, I, that seems to have been a hot topic as of late. Oh yeah. Uh, some yeah. things I've kind of got on the back burner, and I think Whitney's got on the back burner. That uh, when brought forward, we could weave into the podcast. Yeah. Uh, as necessary. Yeah. And um, kind of kind of shed an inter- hey look, I never thought of doing that. Yeah. I can I can add this to my game room and add another level. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that I think that if we you know if if we look at you know all the podcasts that are that are broadcasting right now, and like you say, Brent, the ones that have, that have come before, uh, you know the, the the current crop and and ourselves, there's such a wide variety of topics to hit on, and and without encroaching on anybody, I think there's there's always room for for another set of voices to support this hobby. And at the end of the day, that's what that's what I think you and I are really wanting to do is support the hobby, grow the hobby. Um, you know, we're here in Louisville, Kentucky, and there's uh, th- there's definitely a I an think active a, community, an active community, and it's growing. And anything that we can do to help support the community, support the hobby, and bring more attention to to all of it to ensure that you know classic arcade gaming and pinball uh, survive and continue to thrive, then then we 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 will have done our job. And with that, there's so much to talk about. Uh, sure, there's going to be some repeat news. There's going to be some repeat information. Uh, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the current podcasts do a really good job of covering what's happening in current events. But there, there's always another angle, and there's always something else to talk about. So I, I think we can, I think we can cover that. We've got, we've got thirty plus years of history to cover, man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in that vein, um, you know, all of our contact information will be posted along with the podcast on. Yep on the broken token site as well as uh uh, at the very end of the podcast every way to get in touch with us imaginable will be uh kind of spelled out for everyone and you know feedback is is definitely definitely accepted um uh good and bad and uh, bad will typically be immediately trashed (laughs) (laughs) we will read it we'll read read it it, but we will not we will not necessarily jump up and say we will acknowledge it no (laughs) uh no uh, all all all, uh criticism's good oh yeah absolutely absolutely um but there's a perfect opportunity to to turn that around and um, make the podcast better. make the podcast better yeah hey here's another topic to talk about here's uh um uh, not necessarily hunting for news so to speak but yeah. um hey you mentioned such and such happened uh on a defender that you picked up exactly uh, exactly you know, can you get into a little bit more detail about yeah. that yeah and, and i think you know when, when you when you look at how long you know both of us have been in this hobby and at any at any length of time and i'm not saying that time in the hobby is a credential maker but by the time that you've got machine number two you're in and and because you, you're you're committed. Anybody who would have two of these cabinets sitting in their house is committed. Uh, and not to say that the person who only has one isn't, but you 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 continue that investment, and and you continue to I guess kind of deepen yourself into the hobby. Then there's there's tons of tons of things to talk about. There's tons of lessons to learn. There's tons of lessons to share. And I, you know there, there's a there's a large part of uh, of just covering some of the history of the companies and and you know who who was in the industry and where they are now if if they are and you know just really kind of what happened to uh, you know the rise and the fall. I mean, there's there's so much to cover and so much to talk about. Well, Whitney, you'd mentioned lessons, and this is something I'd uh, definitely like to our listeners to keep in their mind. Um, it, 
tied in with lessons and time in the hobby. Yeah. You know, there's, there's there, that gives you a cross section of levels of experience yeah. and um, levels of ability. Yeah. You know, some of us, st- it's arcades are, are no different than anything else in life. Some folks yeah. are a little better at something, some things a little quicker to pick up than others. Yeah. So if um, I, I don't necessarily see us sticking at a certain level, say, say on uh, if we do something technical, yeah. technical to the nth degree where we're talking about um, uh, pin states and how, how this, you know, they depend on this chip at such and such will transition here and there. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think we'll, I think we'll, we'll lose our listeners if it, we do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're a little above that, uh-huh. stick with us because yeah. the next the next thing up may be something a little deeper that really interests you. Yeah. And then the person that's a little, uh, a little farther behind the curve, whether it's with experience or, or, um, or whatever it may be, that could give them some incentive to, Hey, look, uh, yeah, I think I can mix my own colors and, and touch up my own play field. That, that's it. And I, and I think you bring up a good point because all of us, uh, all of us are, are, going down the same road and it we're just at different different parts of, of that journey you know between finding the games purchasing the negotiating and purchasing the games getting the heck rent just getting games home has been a, has been a major uh, endeavor for me and I, I think we could talk about transport and we could talk about packing and we could talk about waterproofing and there, the list goes on and on how I think we could bring our experiences to bear to help you know to help, to help people out but I think you're right man if we if we keep this at, at a level of, of interest that doesn't delve too far one way or the other then everybody including us will benefit from this from this discussion oh absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. and you know as I said uh, um I can see I can see individual portions of the show getting a little deeper. Hey, look, let's, sure, let's take yeah. a deep dive into whatever it may be. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if if you think about, and I think that's fun but, because because there it gives you an opportunity to satisfy a, a, you know a portion of of. Uh, to satisfy a, a part of uh, of an appetite in this hobby that that may that you may not be able to to um to find to, you know to satisfy on your own so it's really good to listen to what other people the experiences or the technical knowledge that other people have but that doesn't have to be the you know the the rule of the show either oh absolutely yeah. not you know, yeah. the, you know the flip side of that is is uh, you'd mentioned tra- transport you know oh, the very yeah. first stage just Jeez, just getting a game yeah um, and the broken backs that go with it oh and the broken monitors and, yeah exactly you know, I, i'm sure that busted pcbs <laughs> everything <laughs> Yeah, my, uh, my moon patrol that worked when I picked it up. It doesn't work today. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not no, bitter. no, no. It never, it never happens. <laughs> it never happens. Uh, I don't even have to move them and they break. Exactly. You, you know, a word. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. So, so man, I, I tell you what, Brent. How about how about let's do this. Um, how about let's talk a little bit about what what each what brought each one of us here to this table, because we we've, we've definitely uh, you know we're, we're definitely here in the same community. Uh, we've had a little bit of a different experience bringing us to the podcast. Let's, let's talk about, uh, if you don't mind, let's talk about you know kind of what brought us to the hobby and you know what each one of us wants to wants to contribute to the podcast. And uh, you know, I think this this would be a, a good segue kind for of a, kind for, of a just in a general introduction. Yeah, a general introduction and let everybody know about.
about you know the uh, two guys behind the behind the mics and you know I, I think it would help a uh, level set for everybody else as well because uh, you know for anybody that goes back and listens to the back catalog God bless you but uh, you know it, it would give a good uh, a good grounding point no I think that'd be awesome awesome so, awesome um, let's uh, let's do it all right okay so we're back and uh, um, I thought I'd take a little opportunity to introduce everyone to to Whitney and I'm going to introduce everyone to Brent so mm-hmm. we're, we're going to get uh, some equal opportunity here <laughs> I think everyone should be afraid of the Brent part <laughs> I'm not saying the Whitney part's really mu- that much better but <laughs> we've got a captive audience now Brent so we, we can reel it on home <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, what kind of got us here? So that, that takes us back to um, uh, the start of our arcade experience. Yeah. And with that, I think that really ties into where you grew up. Okay. Yeah, it, it does, Brent. I mean, I've lived in Kentucky most all my life. And I grew up on a farm, a very rural area here in Kentucky. And there were, there were no arcade games. There was no nothing. I mean, my... My, my first experience with any of this really and truly was on an Atari 2600 with, you know, with consoles. Uh, but it, it was a little later on after getting into my, my teenager years that I was able to get to my first arcade. And, uh, that was, uh, you know, a place called the galaxy of games in Frankfort, Kentucky. It's long gone. I doubt any more than four or five people that will ever hear our voices would ever remember the Galaxy of Games, but uh, it was a great place. It was in a small strip mall setup, and uh, it was uh, it was the All American Arcade. You now, know? how far was that from where you lived? Was uh, it an easy trip, or was uh, it no? It, it, well, I'm not going to say it was a hard trip. About thirty some odd miles, but it was the, a concerted it, effort. It, it was yeah. it was a concerted effort, and my brother and I. Um, we would go to the Galaxy Games essentially once a month whenever my mom uh, would take us, uh, essentially take us into town. And I know that may sound a little cliche and a little old fashioned, but uh, you got to think this is, you know, this is the, uh, th- this is, you know, in, in smack in the middle of, you know, the, the arcade revolution in 80 and 81, you know, 79, 80 and 81. And my brother and I were, were young and I, you know, I was about 10, 10, 10 years old or so. And, I mean, I was the perfect age to cut my teeth on on these classic arcade games and to see pinball for now, the first time in my life. Was this a a bona fide game room, or was it just like a storefront where someone had just put some games in it? No, this was a bona fide game room. I mean, this was an actual arcade for business, and and they they rotated the games. That it was, uh, if you can think of taking a bowling alley. Uh, the space dedicated to like two lanes in a bowling alley, or maybe three. That's about what the Galaxy Games was like. It was real. It was very thin, but really long, and it had games, arcade games, and pinball machines going up and down the left and right hand side of the of the building, or you know, the interior of the building. It had the blacked out windows. It had the super cold air conditioning, the black light carpeting. I mean, you walk in there at two two thirty in the afternoon, uh, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, and the place looks like it could be eleven thirty at night on a saturday night you just lost track of time and um you know i think it, that was the idea that was the idea yeah it could be 90 95 degrees outside and in the galaxy games it was a very cool 68 and so <laughs> so you walk all you had to walk past every single one of the games in order to get to the chain you know to get to the person running the attendant running the change the change machine and everything like that and they had soft drinks and all that kind of stuff that you could get but you know they had a lot of pinball machines and and i i thought it was so cool because as the 
the three or four years wore on that I was there uh, on a regular basis. You know, I saw them, you know, switch over from, you know, the black and white vectors of the late seventies, you know, like, uh, like asteroids and things like that. And then they would get in, you know, some of the jam, they'd go through all the classics, you know, of course, you know, Donkey Kong, Missile Command, well, that, and that brings up an inter- all that stuff went there. That brings up an inter- interesting question. Yeah. If, uh, if you were there in the early eighties and they were still, you know, running, you know, black and whites and black and white vectors and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they it, were. This and this is a question that you you would probably be able to answer now, but not necessarily have understood back then. Yeah. Were you getting to play uh premiere at, you know, first first release games or by the time it made it to that, that game room in Frankfurt, was it? Were yes, you sir. getting the second run titles that had already come out of the prime locations? No, I, I think the Galaxy Games was doing a good job. I mean, they they had they, they had the first run games, and they had them there in, in really good condition. That's one of the things that I that I in looking back at it now, I didn't appreciate it or didn't even realize it then. But now, you know, being a collector, you know, in this hobby for you know X number of years, I think right now I'm probably somewhere between five and six years. Uh, you know, conditions everything, and you know, Brent, we can make an entire podcast episode on on finding games in good condition and what you should be looking for. Mm-hmm. Now that I have the eye for that, I think back about what my experience was at the Galaxy Games, and these games were in good condition. I remember them in good condition, uh, well, even if, if even if they weren't. I do. I say even if it was uh, even if it was off of its prime location. The, the the title wouldn't have been that old at that point. No, it, it really wouldn't have been because when when you think about you know let's say this was 1982, you know, uh, if you look at what what all your first run titles were in 1982 and then bookended with 81 and what was coming in 83, you know, games like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., uh games like Missile Command and Pole Position and Centipede and you know, Tempest and uh, Asteroids and you know just uh, just a litany uh, just a litany of all these you know super super desirable classic arcade and Gal- Galaga and just you know all all of those gyrus and and things like that um, you know just just to name a few you know they they were they were the huge money makers then and they weren't going any they weren't they were not going anywhere anytime soon through throughout my run into galaxy games i mean there were staple games i remember that the donkey kong that they had was there the entire time that they were open and uh and that thing was always always busy it always had people playing it every single time I'd look over at it. You know, you had See, to put I, your quarters I, I, quarters on the top of the marquee, man, and let it let it ride. You had to, you know, you had to, you know, get, get your get your place in line. See, I, I'm not a big Donkey Kong fan, and listeners just just tune out. So I don't know. It's, no. it's, it's all good, and I'm sure that we'll, I'm sure that that everyone will pick up on what so our I don't, I don't personal favorites are. I don't understand that at all, Whitney. Really, man. See, dude, I love Donkey Kong. I just love that game. I, you know, it, I, it, I'm it, thinking episode two, we're gonna have Donkey Kong yes and no shootout. Oh my gosh, man. We could we could all mark out to Donkey Kong, but you know, I think it would be interesting if we spend some time on an episode and talk about what our what yours and mine maybe top three top five favorite games are and why mm-hmm. from a collectible from a collectability standpoint well, and, and from a playability standpoint and what drove us to those games i think there's a there's a lot that collectors would want to hear about what 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 drives a person to get a certain to game, a game to a game yeah um well back in in, in the game room back, yeah. back at that time and there's from the collector's point of view, there's several ways to, to answer this. And you said something that made me think of this question. 
what's the rarest game by today's standards yeah. that you recall seeing? You know, because there, there's there's a lot of titles that are floating around out there that people just they're good titles, and but they're rare because they were right at that little sweet spot where yeah. the money wasn't coming well, in, so they didn't produce a lot. I, I, you know, that's that's a good question, and I want to ask you the same question as well because it's an interesting answer. From my perspective, the rarest game that I saw was never at the Galaxy of Games. It was actually at a 7-Eleven that was also in Frankfurt, but it was a zookeeper. And it was a beautiful zookeeper. And I probably say that just a little too comfortably and maybe with a little too much emphasis. <laughs> because Zookeeper is one of those games, man, that I, I just, uh, it made an indelible mark on me when I was younger. Uh, just because of the cabinet, the artwork, and and everything like that. But uh, it's definitely definitely Zookeeper. I mean, try try to find a Zookeeper today. I mean, do you, do you have one in your collection? I do not. Yeah. And see, not- I'm having to build mine because... Because I've been after one for years, essentially since day one of collecting, I've wanted a zookeeper, and I've not been able to turn one up yet. Well, re- you know, recently, um, um, I've seen. I think I've thinking back. I believe I've only ever seen one zookeeper cab in person, yeah. and it yeah. was a convert. It was converted. Oh, it was. Oh, so it was a Tato converted. It was cab? a Tato converted. Yeah, cab, yeah. Tato converted cab. You know, yeah, and. and um, here and here and see then, then you didn't get the full effect of zookeeper oh no because, no i mean it was, the cab was painted over no no it wasn't converted to zookeeper it was painted over it was a zookeeper <laughs> you know we we've uh, all got those we horror can hunt st- those people down yeah we've all got those horror stories that we do you know cabinets we've seen that we was like we, we knew what it was yeah and it, it, it's so far gone that it's just at the point of bringing it back, you you just you almost just can't do it, man. And you know that that long breath that you just heard right there mm-hmm. was was uh, a sigh that I was trying to keep from letting go <laughs> because it, it does it makes you sad. I mean, and people who are new to the hobby may may maybe they've never even seen a zookeeper I've, or heard of it. You know, I've, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit when we kind of reverse the roles here. But you know, I grew up here in Louisville, okay, which. Um, so you, you had access to a lot of stuff that I, I did. did not. I did. I yeah. had access to quite a bit, of, uh, quite a few things. And um, Tato wise, the only thing I ever recall seeing on location was was kicks, which are relatively common. Yeah, relatively common, and, 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 and no no slam no slam on people who like kicks, but I I just don't get it. See, I liked it. Did, really? Yeah, yeah. It, Everyone was playing Donkey Kong, so I was playing kicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and, know something, touche, Brent, touche. <laughs> I, I can I can understand that. And yeah. I do recall seeing a fair share of, uh, you know, your Jungle Hunt slash yeah, Jungle d- King. Jungle Hunt and Jungle King. I remember playing those quite a bit. I always thought the Tato Cabs were cool, man, because they, they had different colors for different games, but they all looked, you know, kind of alike, but but they there were still some, some variety mm-hmm. there, too. Yeah. Well, back in the day, you know, um, where did, when you were going to the Galaxy of Games, mm-hmm. Where'd you get the cash? You know, what was your age? And, <laughs> okay. You know. Yeah. How, how, do, how do you play you, the game? How, how did you get there? Yeah. You know. Well, it, it, you know, that's that, that's an interesting question, too. I hope the answer does the question justice here, because uh, what, what my brother and I would do is we would either, um, you know, raise, uh, you know, raise crops, you know, like tobacco or hay, you know, and sell, sell tobacco, sell hay. At the end of the year, um, we've heard and, of that here in Louisville. Yeah, it's exactly. called f- f- farm farming. Farming. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah, God bless the farmers. But you know, it, it's one of those scenarios where um, where we would essentially work throughout the year, pool our money. Uh, my brother and I, like I say, we would we would sell tobacco. We would sell you know uh, rake hay, bale hay, sell hay, you know sell hay bales and stuff like that to other farmers. Uh, and then of course we would just kind of um, you know just just kind of sell some calves. And I know that that probably sounds a little clitchy in today's. You know, in today's world where a lot of people probably didn't come up on a farm, but there were there were ways to make money and there were ways to make good money if if you worked. But the thing about it was, is you couldn't really count on a, con- a constant stream of money. So we had to be very good about saving our money and then doling out the money whenever we would go into town or, or, you know, or go to the Galaxy games. And my brother loved to do this, too. I mean, he loved to go and play arcade games just as much as I did. And uh, he has an arcade game at his house, and he's wanting to get a few more. So, you know, it's kind of funny what, what we remember and what we gravitate towards, you know, at this at this point in our life. But that, that's how we would do it, Brent. I mean, we would, uh, we would just pool – we'd just pull from our pool of, of cash – that we would be contributing to throughout the year, and then when I would go to the arcade, you know, I would, I would go with uh, twenty or twenty-five bucks in my pocket, and then just play to that twenty-five bucks was gone, and that way, that way, it didn't turn into a problem, you know. So, and because I could, I have a super addictive personality, and um, I, and I freely admit it. And so, if, if you'd I, have taken everything you had, you would have walked out of there. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. So, um, I'm. I'm pretty certain that the Broken Token podcast will not be doing a location <laughs> podcast from a casino, Las Vegas, yeah, or yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you're right. We we should probably never do that. Okay, <laughs> but you know, it's it's it, it's not it's not the it's not the you know, playing blackjack or the gambling that's the problem. It's the it's the immersive fun that mm-hmm. becomes oh, the yeah, problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. and where where you, you know you it, it feeds an area of your brain that yep. you that another quarter helps to feed again. You know, and and I guess from that standpoint, is it maybe is it any different from maybe a gambling addiction? I don't know. Uh, well, you know, I I get the you know the same way when when I tend to do a lot of tinkering, a lot of repair. Yeah. And, uh, um, you, you start off and it's like, okay, it's nine o'clock. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit longer yeah. and then you keep going and you keep going, you keep going, you keep chasing, you yeah. keep, you turn around, it's midnight, it's one o'clock in the morning. Oh, I know. So I, oh yeah, I understand. It was, and dude, I'll tell you what, just last night, man, I was downstairs working on a game and the amount of time that it takes me to solder and heat shrink, heat shrink wrap wires and wiring harnesses. I, I I could be down there for hours and make very what what I feel is very little progress, but I'm sure we'll get into all this as well. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm oh, very yeah. I'm very OCD about about my repairs and what I do, and so I I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that. Oh, I, I'm I I think we can we could probably have a whole podcast on that. I get in that yeah. same boat because I I don't want to fix it again. I don't want to so. fix it again, and I want it to look right. So you said. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. You'd been in the hobby about five to six years. Yeah, is that yeah. right? Yes, sir. So, what kind of what kind of transpired in those in the time, you know, past your times in the actual arcades back in the day, up to that point? And then there, obviously there had to have been a tipping point that brought yeah. you into, hey, I can have one of these in my house. Yeah. Okay. And and this is something that I I think will probably ring true. For a wide variety of listeners uh, and people either long, in the hobby for quite some time or just getting started, um, 
Brent, I'm I'm 41 right now, and so uh, being in the hobby for let's say let's just say six years, okay, so that you know that puts me back to you know, 35ish, you know, somewhere around in there. And um, what what I'd found is that at that point in my life, I, I had been fortunate enough to be blessed with you know a good job and a career. And everything like that and you know you kind of get to the point to where you're you're lucky enough that you've got you know your house a little bit more sorted and you know things things are lining up and you say you know i i really really want to pursue you know pr- pursue something for me i built a main cabinet all right around that time and i i dumped a lot of resources into that main cabinet i still have it were any real arcade cabinets what's that now were any real arcade cabinets uh, hurt in the pr- no <laughs> in no. the production of the main cabinet. No, and, and you know something, man. I, I built the main cabinet off of. Uh, I grabbed some plans off the uh, the uh, Jackobud site uh, for anybody who wants uh, you know arcade uh, cabinet blueprints and everything. Uh, just uh, go out and do a search for Jackobud, and you'll you'll find out you'll find what I'm talking about. And so I, I used um, a variant of the Lucid. Mame cabinet, which is probably the de facto uh, standard for uh, for self built mame cabinets, I, I varied it up and mixed it up a little bit. But I cut all of mine out of wood. I mean, that's where I first learned how to use, you know, a router. It's where I first learned how to use, uh, you know, a miter saw and things like that. Was building my arcade cabinet because I, I just didn't have woodworking skills. So it took me a long time to build uh, to build the mame cabinet. I'd say I probably worked on it a, a year to a year and a half off and on. And, um, it's, it's so funny, Brent. And I, again, I freely admit this. I put all that effort into that main cabinet thinking, you know, the, I really wanted to return to playing classic arcade games. Cause that's what brought me so much joy, you know, growing up. I thought, man, that main cabinet will be that ticket. It'll be my ticket to ride. Cause I can play all these games on this main cabinet. And Brent, I, I go through all that process, build that cabinet, and then I get to the point to where I get a front end set up. I'm playing the games, and I'm not happy at all. You know, I, it's different. It's different. And I and I, I will say this: I did not realize how different it was until until one time, one time. Um, I was probably, I'll say 90 or so percent done with the main cabinet, and I got the opportunity to play a Donkey Kong arcade cabinet for the first time in 25 years or so, you know, 20 years, somewhere around in there. And, uh, I played that Donkey Kong cabinet. And at that point, my main cabinet was, uh, cast to the side. And at that point, Brent, that's when I was hooked. I, that's when I was hooked. And I said this, the main business, you know, for, I, I totally respect what the main devs do. I think that they are providing a tremendous service to the arcade community, but playing games on MAME is not me. And that's that's what I figured out, and uh, that's why Donkey Kong had to be my first machine. It'll be my permanent machine, and it it uh, playing that playing that game again tripped that the little part of my brain that put that, that put everything back into motion. And from that point forward, man, it's been gangbusters. I've I've been going at it, and um, so what was what was the first actual game? that you got no donkey Kong. oh oh yeah yeah it it was that that's it's always been my favorite game brent and it's always been what i it's always been the game that that synonymizes the classic arcade scene scene to me you know so 
Um, I, I, and I, I would love to talk about my Donkey Kong um, endeavors at some point if if uh, if we can squirrel the time away because I do have a couple of interesting stories about just arcade collecting in general as it relates to what I've done to get a Donkey Kong cabinet or the Donkey Kong well, cabinet that, that I have. That was a question that sprung to mind when, yeah. you, when you said, "Hey, I got a Donkey Kong." The you know, we, most of the folks that have been in the the arcade hobby, yeah. Uh, will recognize this question as soon as it comes out because it's been uttered a billion times. Yeah. Where did you go to to get your first game? Where did you find the Donkey Kong? Man, I made the cardinal sin. I, I, no, I'm sorry. I committed the cardinal sin because I bought my first game on eBay. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Horrible mistake. Horrible mistake. <laughs> but, you know, Whitney learns a lesson. And I I have bought other games on eBay, okay? But I haven't bought them like I bought the Donkey Kong. And I bought the Donkey Kong in a fit of excitement, a fit of anxiety, a fit of uh, what I would even uh, consider uh, a muscle spasm on on the mouse button. And uh, uh, was he proud of the Donkey Kong? Oh, you know, he was proud, and I was uh, I was I was even prouder, unfortunately. But you know something, man? I, I think we all have a, a scenario where we pay too much. And we get caught up in it. And um, I did that on my first game. And then I learned a few lessons. And I've tried not to do that, well, that uh, bring, ever again. That brings up this question. Yeah. And, and again, I think everyone out there will recognize this. Well, Brent, one thing I will say oh, before you ask that is that Donkey Kong that I bought is not the Donkey Kong that I have. And oh, it, you, would you, did you sell it and then just replace it or uh, no, rebuild uh, it? No, it's not been rebuilt yet. I still have it, and I'm very ashamed to say that it is right now. It's non-operational, but what it has done is it has donated parts to the Donkey Kong that I have now, which is the Donkey Kong that I'll keep. But I think that's uh, that, that's. I think we can make a whole nother segment out of that. I don't want this to be, I don't want this to go down, to go, to go down that road just yet, but, okay. but there's, there's a lot, there's a lot we could talk about there. So, yeah. so we've established the main cabinet yeah. that was soon to yeah. be cast aside. Yeah. And then the, uh, uh, the donkey Kong and it's a rival into your life. Yeah. So here's the next question. Yeah. Did, did you get into that air quotes buy anything phase that, tends to tends to happen um, to the, the new folks in the hobby yeah yeah i, I did i, I mean I, I committed all all the craigslist sins where i i went out and, and looked for anything and everything that i thought would help uh build a game room because i think brent i was as equally interested in having a game room and having an arcade at my house as i was uh as I was playing the games. And I think that's, that's a mistake that some people, well, or probably all people, if they would, if, if they're honest with themselves, uh, I think that they, they all make that same mistake at some point in the hobby, you know, and I did, I, I did it early on when I was title hunting, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I probably bought a few titles in less than, less than what, in less condition, lesser condition than what I would accept them. Now, now when you say title today. hunting, you were, I just want a title regardless, or I want no, a no, no, X, no. and here it is. Whitney has to have a Miss Pac-Man. 
Okay, and and through through any means possible, I will find that Miss Pac-Man. Even if it's not the perfect Miss Pac-Man, I'll find it because I want a Miss Pac-Man sitting there, you know. And so I had and and I, I worked through that. And I, so I, I take it that shifted over time. It's gone to more quality. Oh, very very much so. Because Brent, here here's here's what I've here's what I've come to realize, and I think we can probably touch on this at a later segment in another show as well. Is that you know, we've all only got so much time and I prefer to play the games as much as possible as, as I can. And, and don't get me wrong. It's great fun to restore them, to fix them, uh, and, and to hunt them and, and everything like that. But, uh, preserving them is, is definitely the ultimate goal along with playing the games. But what I've, what I have, uh, and preserving to pass on because these things w- would wind up in a landfill. Otherwise I'm convinced of it if it weren't for, for people who cared. So, you know, with all that being said though, uh, it's, it, my, I think my collecting has matured a little bit in the sense of I now go after 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 unrestored quality because what I've come to realize is is that if I would spend another two or three hundred dollars on condition, then I'm going to save myself six months or four months or five months or whatever that that time period is of restoration that I truly don't have time for anyway. Now, assuming good condition, you know, side mm-hmm. art, uh, yeah. kick panel, yeah. coin door. Um, are you as concerned with the electronic side of it? Hey, look, man, this is this is a real this is a beautiful game. It's a survivor game. Yeah, but it's not working. That's no, fine. I, I like to buy them broken. So hence, hence the name Broken Token. So <laughs> <laughs> you know we, we you know Brent we had to come up with a name for this thing, and uh, Broken's good. So uh, Broken helps you to save money. Uh, it helps you to you know increase your skill set and. We got a phone ringing. There, I know. Dude. I say here's there's a perfect, and we're gonna let it roll. Here's a perfect example of what we said in the intro, which yeah. is, hey, look, what's gonna happen is gonna happen. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. You know, I, well, it, hopefully the answer machine will pick that up. But <laughs> but like I say, man, yeah, busted electronics don't bother me at all. That's an opportunity, man, because if you're afraid to fix your own games or to learn how to work on your own games, then you're going to be short-lived in this hobby that much is for sure because it'll get you down and if you if you can't uh if you can't you know kind of pick yourself up by the bootstraps and and uh you know wield a soldering iron in a multimeter and and get and get a few things done and i'm not saying that you have to be an arcade repair tech uh you know by trade because uh, or or know the ins and outs of of all electronics but you you do need to do you, you do need to be patient you need to be willing to invest some of your own time and then you will be rewarded for it so um, what does the current game room look like? And um, maybe a title rundown, you know. Uh, okay. How, how do you, do you have any accessories? You know, I know that seems to be the, the, the talk of the town here as of late, things that people are adding to game rooms to make a more game room like. Yeah. Well, right now, Brent, I've... um. I'll just kind of kind of peel this back because I, I think it would be I think it'd be interesting you know for us to to do a segment at some point where we talk about our individual game rooms in depth and what, you know kind of what drove them. But uh, but real quick, uh, you know I've, I do have a game room in my house. Uh, I've I've dedicated uh, you know uh, I've, well I've turned what was a very very large bedroom down in down in our basement into a game room. I've got the black light carpeting. Do the do the custom paint. And everything as far as you know like a, a title rundown goes i mean in my collection i've got you know somewhere around you know plus or minus a few somewhere around 30 games and uh you know i've got i've got a lot of the you know the staple classics you know the of course you know donkey 
Kong, Miss Pat, Galaga, you know, Donkey Kong Jr. or Centipede and, and things like that. But, um, I, you know, I've also got some of the more what I consider uh, probably uh, some of the more esoteric titles as well, like uh, Gravatar, uh, Food Fight, um, and let's see, Mappy. That would, that's probably not so much esoteric or rare, but it's just one that you don't see you don't every see day. A whole lot. Yep. You just don't see a whole lot of every day. Um, you know, I've I've got um, I've got a Tron, and I'm just trying trying to think back as as to as to what I guess would kind of tip the scales on on rarity. Uh, Sinistar, I've got a Sinistar Moon Patrol. Uh, in, you know, Asteroids Deluxe and, and a few others. And, you know, it's, it's one of those scenarios, you know, Gyrus and, and so on down, so on down the line. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a few pinballs in there too, right? Oh, there is, there is. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got three, three pinball machines right now. So I've got a, uh, I've got an ACDC and uh, a pro version of that. I've got a uh, pro version of uh, Tron. And uh, dude, a title that you and I talked about a couple weeks ago, I picked up. I got a a Williams High Speed. Oh, oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. so have to I come out and play uh, uh, all three of those. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun, and so. The, those are the ones that I've got. I mean, I've definitely like to like to shift things, uh, shift things, find a better balance between the vids and, and the and the pinballs. I mean, I'm pretty heavily slanted on the video games right now, but um, but you know, there's uh, there's definitely uh, as I'm maturing, I guess, in in my collection, I want to find a better balance between you know between the two. So, uh, yeah, we mentioned Zookeeper a little bit earlier in the show. I mean, I'm I'm definitely working on building a Zookeeper. I've got all the parts for it. Uh, save one or two, uh, you know, a couple of, um, you know, a couple of, uh, PCB components that I have to get, uh, have to get running, but, um, but yeah, Zookeeper's there, Star Castle's there, you know, and, and, and some others. So yeah, I, I think the game room's got it, you know, track and field and I, things are just kind of popping in my head here as we're talking, man, Popeye, Donkey Kong 3, big Nintendo fan, but you know, <laughs> See, uh, I'm thinking of all the projects that I've got sitting out in the building. Uh, dude, <laughs> I've got a lot of projects sitting out in my building as well, you know, and, you know, it, it, it's all good. You know, I mean, it, it's it's all fun, um, and it's it's neat to oh Rally X. I forgot about Rally <laughs> X. So it's one you don't see very often either, especially in good condition. Big Rally X fan, but uh, but n- nonetheless, um, it, it, it's like I say, it, it's a scenario where you know, I'm working to find better balance because pinball is just so incredibly addictive, crazy fun, and I I grew up on the vids and mostly and didn't play a lot of pinball and. I'm pretty much a pinball come lately kind of guy, and it's just it's just massive, massive fun, dude. I, I just I it's one of those things where I just didn't really know what I was missing for all those years. Yeah. I can relate to that definitely. Yes. yes. Well, um, Whitney, do you have anything else to add? Anything else? No, man. I, these are all good questions, dude. I, I appreciate uh, appreciate the the intro. Hope everybody uh, hope everybody uh, found it is is uh, fun to listen to as as it was for me to talk about and everything. And so, you know, Brent, I think it's time that we uh, that we spin the chairs around, throw the spotlight on you, and let me ask you some questions. How's that sound? All right, I think we can do that. All right, all awesome. Right. All right, everybody, we're back, and uh, I want to take this time to. Uh, sit down here and, and interview my co-host and so brent uh i think this will be a good time uh to get to you know for the audience to get to know you and uh get to get to know some background uh background on, on what brought you into the hobby and what brought you here to the uh broken token podcasting studio so so man so tell me tell us a little bit about 
you know, how, how you, how you gamed in your youth. I mean, what, what was the, what was the arcade scene like for you growing up? Well, I grew up here in Louisville. Okay. And I know we discussed a little bit, you know, where you grew up and start kind of a stark contrast. Exactly. Um, personally so you, so you were here in the city i was here quote unquote in, in, the, in, the, in, in the, the city in the city yeah <laughs> yes. there's a song like yeah. anyway ne- yes never once did i see a, a truck with hay on the back of it <laughs> but nothing wrong with that hey no there's nothing Not wrong, with, thing it, wrong with it exactly. i wish i had yeah but um you know we had we had the standard kind of uh corporate sponsored arcade you know the aladdin's okay. castles and you know, every mall that you would go into, there would be one that was usually right off the main corridor somewhere. And, okay. Um, but the arcade that I remember most, uh, w- and oddly enough, I don't remember it all that well. Uh-huh. But, it, but it's the one that comes to your mind the most? Yeah, it's the, the one most. that comes okay. to mind. So it's my version. It, it's it's your version of my Galaxy of Games is yeah, what it is. Yeah, I would yeah. have to say. Yeah. And, and actually, I've, I've thought about this a little bit. and there was games everywhere okay you know if we would go to the skating rink you know the school that i went to we had monthly skating parties okay they had a huge game area okay you know um there 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 was the aladdin's castles there was the games that were in um the 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 malls my grandparents were very active bowlers when i was younger yeah you know uh, I remember uh, wanting to rush home so I could see Knight Rider because this was long before anybody could record anything. You had to watch it. You, know, you had to watch it live. I had to watch it live. Yeah, either you watched it or you missed it. And, uh, you know, the, the classic thought of bowling alleys with game rooms and, you know, some of the bowling alleys we would go to, the, the entire entrance, the entire entrance corridor, mm-hmm. the for as lo- far as my little eye could see was games was games you know, that's yeah. where i first played star wars and that's where i first played um you know super mario brothers and moon patrol and f- saw my first laser disc games yeah yeah dragon's um, lair i bet it, or something exactly. space Ace or something like yeah, that yeah exactly yeah firefox or something um then there was an arcade that was over um not too far from where i actually ended up going to high school okay and that was a privately held business and uh, uh, that was kind of the, the the arcade everyone sees in their mind, where it was um, dark and you kind of had a little bit of black light here and there. And I don't believe they had any black light carpet. But they did have a little black light, and it was you know rows of games on the outside on the outside walls, and a couple games stuck here in the middle, and the guy yeah. up front with tokens. And yeah. um, you know when my dad would take me, that was the special thing. Okay, now let me ask you this: what what made the games stick? I, and when I when I ask that question, where 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 I'm trying to go with this is what turned it into a pursuit? What 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 about the games or what about pinball made you as a grown man want to get back into the hobby of of collecting these games and playing these games? I mean, other things had to be you know okay. We would play soccer growing up. We'd play baseball or basketball or play sports or play with Legos. For me, none of that stuff sticked. It was the video games that stuck. So, what made them stick to you? Well, besides uh, Super Glue, besides <laughs> that, that, it's a you bad will pun, pro- man. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> it will probably never happen again on this show. <laughs> never, never. I, my answer to that is going to be probably what no one would expect. Okay. Uh, they really didn't stick. Okay. All right. Um. So, so you didn't have that aha no, moment I, or anything like that? I, I didn't. Okay. And, and here's, how, here's how I got I mean, there. See, that's interesting to me because I did have that aha moment. And that's what set me all the way down the path of, 
you know, computers and yeah. IT work, and no. it, it, it set the set the stage for me when I was younger. Okay, because um, I'm an I'm an IT person as well. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I think a lot of us in this hobby yeah, I are. Think so. It's it's kind of it's it's it kind seems, of common. It, it seems to be a recurring thing. Yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I had uh, um, I, I always messed with the quote unquote computer of the day. I, I started with a Vic twenty. You know, I was a Commodore person. <laughs> okay, you, know, you had your Atari people and your Commodore yeah. person. Yeah, sure people. enough. And, um, you know, before that console, Commodore's fantastic machine. I've got fantastic machine. Yes. Before that console wise, I I was right in that generation, right in that sweet spot to have Uh the Atari. Yes. So, um, I had the 2600, 2600 in, in my mind, it it is the console of consoles. I, uh, when I look at, when I look at all the consoles today, yesterday, 20 years ago, Nothing beats out the the twenty six hundred for me anyway. So yeah. I had the twenty six hundred. Okay, and uh, um, I mean I I played it when I was a child. You mm-hmm. know, it, it wasn't very long before eventually it just kind of went to the wayside. And yeah, I, I was still I had I was of that generation as are I'm sure a lot of us mm-hmm. where we remember the onset onset of cable television and the onset of kind of like affordable home gaming. Okay. But, uh, and I had that little period where I kind of got immersed into more than four channels and the ability to play some kind of game on the television. Okay. But I still did quite a bit outdoors. So I kind of, I wasn't necessarily married to it. I was for a while when it was all new and exciting, but Uh I eventually was able to split off from that. So um, I I wasn't, uh, arcade wise back in the day, there's a couple games that I enjoyed. And then later, when I got into it, the games that I really like are kind of the the games that are off the beaten path that aren't the capital games for folks today. Because for whatever reason, that eventually did, once I got into other games, I, it sparked a memory after the fact. Okay. It, I didn't have a pre-aha moment. Uh-huh. My little aha moments came later. So okay. um, fast forward quite a bit of time. And... Um, I ha- I ended up picking up a twenty six hundred console at a yard sale. Okay. So is is this really what kind of primed the pump nope, for you then? Almost. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is this is kind of the collector side. Of oh, it. Okay. Gotcha. So I picked up a twenty six hundred at a yard sale, uh, probably around ninety, the late nineties, probably ninety six. Okay. okay. Well, right. And I started collecting the twenty six hundred. Okay. Pretty heavily. All right. And eventually that kind of fell to the wayside, and I had a, a large collection of of ancillary bits and pieces and segas and uh nintendos and i sold all that off and kept the core 2600 stuff mm-hmm. and uh, um life moved on mm-hmm. so one night about eight or so years ago eight or i'm probably close to nine years ago i'm sitting at a pizza place with my parents okay and uh, um they've got a little itty bitty game room it was a black knight pinball <laughs> okay and uh, um um a Miss Pack and a Galaga and a crane. Okay. And was it, was it like one of the, you know, one of the class of 81? No, Pack no, Galaga? it was, okay, it was the original stuff. Okay. Well, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it just hit me. It's well, I have always, here's the backstory to that. I have always kind of tinkered with everything and anything mechanical and electrical, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. So, I don't. I had forever built kits, assembled things, um, and just kind of experimented. Some practical, some just to do it. Okay. And th- I wasn't getting anywhere. I'd always kind of wanted to learn a, 
a little deeper circuit yeah. level type electronics, you yeah. know, uh, logic states and just, I wanted to get deeper into that. And I, I, I kind of like to have something practical that I tend to learn better that way. And the kits were okay, but okay. I can make the led flash. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I understand how it works. Uh, not a lot of troubleshooting there and it kind of comes pre-set up for you. You know, you kind of really have to try to fail at it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's almost like it's a, it's a scripted, it's a scripted outcome. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm just looking at, and it just hits me. I was like, I'll just get some video games. Okay. Perfect. So I went and talked to the people that owned the pizza place and <laughs> uh, I got the name of the operator. Okay. And uh, I called him up and I said, look, I don't want to compete with you all. I just want some broken games. I literally want broken games. Okay. Turned out it was a couple guys, a small little operator company, if you will. Okay. And uh, um, went over to one of the guys. They was running out of one of their garages. So I go over and they had a bunch of games on a covered porch. You know, that story. Fortunately, they hadn't been there very long. Okay. You know, matter of days. So they hadn't swollen yet. They had not. No. That's good. Even the, even the uh, Ataris. And, uh, uh, which back, are the heaviest arcade cabinets known to man. Yes, by they the way. are. Yes, they're they just, are. They're beasts. That's where I got my first pole position, which yes. I never ended up even doing anything with. Yeah. But, um, I backed up with a, with a 12 foot trailer and I loaded the trailer up and, you know, um, a couple t- hundred dollars later. And I, here I go down the road with, I think it was five broken games and an empty cabinet. And, uh, uh <laughs> So that was your first foray. That into was this my hobby. first foray into this hobby. Yeah. Okay. So fair enough. I, I called a friend who, uh, oddly enough, still speaks to me. Uh-huh. And we, uh huh. And we, with what we had on hand, engineered a way to get them get uh, nose first up three steps, which is going into my back door. And you couldn't turn the games when you got them in the house. They had to go in forward so mm-hmm. they could go right down the stairs into the basement. Okay. And in that stack of games was a pole position and an asteroids okay and they weren't light yes you know they, we, they're not so is it the same asteroids and pole position you've got in your game no right? no okay no gotcha. the, the asteroids unfortunately it was a uh, an ally an owl eye there's your kentucky for you yeah an owl eye coin door asteroids yeah which which would be nice to nice to be able to put it put your hands yeah. on now oh yeah, yeah definitely well it as they told me it was a playing working game and they had routed it at a campground by a swimming pool oh yeah and uh so um, it was all kicked in and beat no in? It, it looked like it had been used as a canoe okay so it was swollen yeah um you know oddly enough and this this will be something for a future podcast here's a little uh a little um, a little teaser we'll have to do a segment which will coincide i'm sure with some stuff on on the brokentoken.com website on my bathroom in my game room but oh you, it's it's something to see if you if you walk in there and take a look at the doors that that is on the vanity oh. those doors are made from the sides of that asteroids fair, fair enough well then that answers that that, that answers that question where those doors came where, from where those doors come from where, that okay. aster- did you destroy an asteroids no it just it was destroyed when i got it yeah and, and you know Brent, i'll tell you at some point i think i think uh we're going to owe the listeners a walkthrough of your game room and walkthrough of my mm-hmm. game room and uh and I know the game rooms are always kind of in a state of flux, and they're never they're never really quote unquote done. But it, it would be nice to maybe maybe do you know a once or twice a year walk through and just put it up on the website, yeah. and then that way we've got some some historical record of it yeah. and everything well, like and that. There'll, there'll so. be some static 
features and if, if you know it'll give folks an idea hey look you know because my my basement is in an l shape yeah you know and I, i'd say back in the corner you know i've got such and such and i yeah. took such and such out or i added this to the bathroom same yeah. with your place but. yeah it, it'd be nice to have some pictures of both just for reference because yeah. we're going we're gonna to talk about the game rooms in third person so to speak and so they're, they're going to take on kind of a you know kind of a, a personality all of yep. their own and, and we're going to refer to them so much throughout the show that i, I think we're going to have to do that so that'll be a mental note for us to yep. for us to get that done so so um so, you, so i get you all had, these games home get okay. them in the basement yep and uh what, what'd you do with the ally coin door just out, out of curiosity oh, it, it's around here <laughs> Okay, good, good. Oh, yeah. yes, I've got it. Fair enough. So so, so you... Oh, all the parts. Yeah, I Okay, so so you cabbaged everything yeah. and, and kept what was good and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, I've okay, got the harness. Enough. I mean, I, I'm uh, um, I'm really... And I've I, I've always been this way. I, I'm real good with... Uh, um, I try not to let anything necessarily go to waste. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything down to even like plastic inserts on coin doors. I mean, if I could take it apart and, you know... I, and hold on to the the small pieces of hardware i do it you know if i can salvage it i will that, that, that's good because i think a lot of us have made probably the card the cardinal sin of letting some some pretty rare pieces slip through our hands without without really knowing what we had yeah. at the time especially yeah. when you first start out in the hobby and you would look at let's say like like an atari ally coin ally coin door you look at it and it looks so different from every other coin door you've ever seen and immediately you'd say hmm um that couldn't have been that popular that can't be that good because i've never seen one before yeah. so you just cast it off to the side well without I, really knowing it's like my gosh man that that's that is the coin door that you'd want on your atari game your your early atari game like an asteroids a lunar lander or something like that if you could get your hands on it i've kind of i've i I'd be lying to you if I told you I'd never made that mistake, mm-hmm. but I tend to be. Oh, I've made that mistake <laughs> I tend, <laughs> several times. I tend to be kind of a researcher. Yeah. You know, so I had an idea right off the bat that that was uh, something to something to make sure I held on to. So well, that's good because a lot of times I think I've I've made the mistake where I don't really get get neck deep into the research until I have the game to drive me for the research on that mm-hmm. game. And, and so I'm not proactively i'm not out there proactively researching a title that i don't have and unless, unless it's a title that i want uh a lot of times i just come by the wayside on things and, mm-hmm. and uh it's like oh wow okay, well that's well, how i was with yeah, these yeah once i had them i i was like okay i've got them now what do i do now i've got to learn about them and that's when i yeah. that's when i started discovering uh, i think it's still out there uh like uh, is it crazy kong uh, um dot net okay we'll have to go look that yeah, up. yeah. just you know uh the, the, it's it's one of the aggregation sites that has just manual after manual after manual. Okay. You gotcha. know, it's, I started Ion Pool and, you yeah. know, KLOV, and yeah. that's when I started discovering all this stuff. Because, you know, what I did is I had this had the corner of my basement. Now I had all these arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, you know, the once wet asteroids had a wonderful smell to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yes. so I said, okay let me with my un- untrained eye choose the one that looks to me the least broken uh-huh. and that'll be my starting point yeah and i remember thinking okay as long as i can stay away from monitors i'll be okay you know it's because I, I knew that there was some you had to really be able to handle those and yeah so i pulled and actually i that this is the one game out of that lot that i still own one of them was a uh, um a versus cabinet 
A oh, Donkey yes. Kong. The, mighty, the mighty versus cabinet. Yes. yes. And it's that blue cabinet. They're awesome. It's a blue cabinet sitting over behind you around the corner. Okay. So uh, uh, I pulled it out and started digging up schematics and trying to figure out what was going on with it. And sure enough, it turned out that it, I had I had, right off the bat, I had to learn how to rebuild a monitor. Yeah. And it was a 20 easy. Yeah. And uh, um, now do, do you subscribe to the theory that they're probably one of the harder monitors to rebuild? Because that seems I hear that all the time. I don't I don't particularly think that myself because, you know, once the chassis is out, the chassis is out yeah. and you can work with it. But I, I hear that from time, you know, over, did, and over again. I didn't I wouldn't say that, but I. I had, it's been a while since I've done one, and what I've ended up. But doing, it was the first monitor that you. That yes, you it rebuilt. was the first one I rebuilt. Well, see, see, then it's probably well. I guess it could everything's kind of go downhill after e- that. Everything's downhill after that. Yeah. Well, see, I I, I love forty six hundreds, and I know people hate them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they have it, here. Here'll be a, a a point of contention or controversy. Well, well, I mean, what, what what makes you like them so much? In my opinion, yeah. I think they just have the best picture of your cla- of any of your classic monitors. Okay. And. What um, co- color uh, sharpness? Okay, uh, depending on which cards you got in them uh, and which version of the the main chassis you've got adjustability. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really like the monitor, okay. but they are difficult to rebuild because you've got the three vertical cards, you've got to reflow every header on it. There's just a lot going on compared to like a Geo Seven. Mm-hmm. But on the twenty Zs, what I what I do with those is I'll pull the whole monitor. I expect to do that. Yes, yes. And then I'll that's pull. What I, that's what I've done on every Nintendo cabinet it, that I've got. I just wind up pulling the entire monitor. I pull one of those support straps off of it, mm-hmm. and then I take the chassis loose, and I just roll it out. Okay. And I don't, I don't completely remove, like separate the two. Okay. And then I work on them. You know, I make sure I've got plenty of room, and I work on them like that. And then I roll the chassis back in place, secure it, put the strap back on it, and yeah. there I go. So, okay. So anyway, that's... That's kind of what got me here. I, I wanted to I wanted to have a practical way to start digging into schematics and understanding um, um, electronics, okay. you know, without getting any get, without getting really super deep into it. Okay. And I thought here's here's something that it, it's not a predetermined outcome mm-hmm. like with a kit. That's right. And it's going to take you know some deduction it's mm-hmm. going to take some education it's, it's good brain exercise exactly. that, that's what i that i think one of the things that i've appreciated about the hobby this hobby uh, uh, that i've appreciated the most about this hobby and it's probably the better way to say that is that there's so many disciplines going on and if you really want to get into it pretty deep you are going to have to learn a lot yep. and it's it's a lot more than just playing the game you know, it's it's uh, it's repairing it, it's fixing it, it's whatever you want to, you know, however you want to say that. And uh, there's there's just so many things to learn. So yeah, so that's that's what brought me to the hobby. And then and then once I started making the contacts, then later I had those aha moments where I it would it occurred to me it's like, well, I really liked this game when I was younger. Then I might start putting a feeler out okay you know i've i've never been one to really actively look for a game yeah but i'd i <laughs> so passively yeah yeah just, I, just through it through a network i guess and if one came up yeah you know then, well and now let me ask you this um with all that being said about you know how you kind of got into the hobby what 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 transpired from getting that ver- keeping deciding to keep that versus cabinet and fix it okay and what transpired between that and the game room that the game room that you have that that has 
probably 20 some odd games throughout it and a couple of pinball machines. I mean, what, what made, what made you want to carry it forward to the point where I'm going to, I'm going to build out my basement. I'm going to build up a game room. I'm going to have 20 of these things and I'm going to up the electricity and, in, in, you know, in that part of the house, I'm going to do all these things that a game room requires because so, somewhere between that versus cabinet and where you are today, Brent, you, you, you had to, you had to make a turn. And so, and, what, it, was an, and it was an ugly one. It, well, it, it, I'll tell you, and it was, yeah, <laughs> It, it seems to always be so well eventually i either fixed or had to strip everything that i had okay you know the asteroids there was no saving it it okay. was it was done you All know right. the, the 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 it was swollen however far from the edge into the the sides all the way around both sides i mean it was done okay so um the verses I fixed, I had a, a Bally Senti cab with mm-hmm. a Night Stalker in it, okay. fixed it. And you don't I, see a lot of those. I know where it's at. I sold it to a friend of mine from high school. Okay. And uh, um, So you can still get your hands on it if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, and it'll probably make its way back here sometime. Because okay. I, I really, you don't see a lot of them. No, uh, they're, they're very they're very unique for yep. what they are. And I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're ultimately that collectible. But, in, but when you look at it, when you look at it from a historical preservation standpoint, mm-hmm. it, it's a pretty important cabinet to have. I've seen, I've seen uh, um, a lot of the kits. Uh-huh. But I I can't recall over the years having having seen the 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 Night Stalker kit. Okay. Because it was like a wheel and had a gun and you had to drive out to a, a location and once you got to a location then you had to shoot bad guys that would pop up in these windows. But yeah, I, I think eventually it will make its way back to my house. But um, so then I kind of went the opposite way around as most people. I started looking on eBay for this stuff. You know, and this is. Now, were you looking for games or were you looking for stuff to fix your stuff? Um, at first, I was looking for games. Okay. You know, I, 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 was, I started looking kind of radius just to kind of see what was out there, complete cabinets. And uh, um, I bought a game out of Ohio. What's the furthest you've ever had to travel for a game? Uh, I have, I have stayed really close. Okay. You know, I've, I've so no overnight trips or anything. No like overnight that. trips. You know, Jeez, three hours. You're so, you're so fortunate. Two and a half hours. I, and, and I think. I think at some point on a future episode, we we should we should probably talk about some of the escapades on going and getting games because it's it's amazing to hear you say that because you and I don't live that far apart from each other yet my experience is completely different. I've had to travel for a significant number of my games. Now, were you looking for a specific game though? I most of the time I yeah. was. Yes. See, I yes, I would. I would set my sights on a title and yeah. then I would hone it down and find that and find that title. And then I'd mark it off my list and say, okay, I now have my food fight. Well, when I was and acquiring, then, then I'd go and look for something else. When I was acquiring early, it was, well, what's out there? And, you know, everybody goes through that by everything that doesn't move okay. face, you know. And I assume you went through, I assume you went through that I as well. I went through it for a really short period of time. Okay. And, you know, right, right on the edge right on the edge of that right after getting that first group of games then i started looking on ebay and i was like well how far am i willing to drive okay. you know the um dayton columbus area going a little farther north mm-hmm. um and neither of those are really bad no, drives from no here. from here no farther south i've gone down to nashville and okay. i didn't even get the game i got down there didn't like it turned around wasn't worth i mean i was already in it quote unquote for the trip yeah and i didn't need to make it worse by making a bad decision and picking up a bad game understood and it was a baby pack i mean the it was well yeah it was well then it i would say for a baby pack it probably had to be pretty bad it was pretty bad because 
there, and I know from reading on 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 Clav in uh, Coin Op Space and, and you know, for, just quote unquote your internet forums, baby packs seem to have this following. People people tend to love them and seek them out. Myself, I I think they're I think they're very unique and I think they're very interesting, but I don't think they're a lot of fun to play. Yeah. You know, so. I hadn't played one in years. You know, and actually this just popped to mind. You're talking about arcades. We yep. had a. Um, now the name just escapes me. It was a uh, Malibu. Okay. I don't know if you know what a Malibu is. I don't. I'm going to have to go look that up. It was a uh, a, a combination arcade okay. and cart track, outdoor cart track. Okay. So there was a Malibu that was right up here off the expressway. Okay. Off, yeah, see, yeah. See, where I was growing up, we, we had never, like that. Had never had anything like I'm, that. I'm pretty sure Malibu... So that was a chain. I think it was a so chain. So it was like a franchise I'm chain. I'm fairly sure it was okay. a chain. Kind of like what, kind of like what we, what I would think of like a car country or something like that. Well, car country is local here. Okay, but um, the the track was smaller, and then the building was an arcade, and okay. they had a baby pack. So I'd played baby pack year years ago, back when they they still had a Cubert in there, and uh, um, to shows you how much time I actually spent in actual arcades. I mean, it took a minute for it to hit me. Um, and then I had, I had played one a couple of years ago. There was one that was, uh, a friend of ours here had, and I kind of had the same opinion that you are. I know folks, this, it's a big niche thing, but personally it just didn't hit me as, you know, all that it didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. There wasn't enough pinball there and there wasn't enough video there. You know, it just, it just, it it just didn't ring my bell. But then again, there's a lot of games that people love that just don't ring my bell either. So. Well, and, and I think that's a valid point because we all like, we all like different things and we're all after different, different types of games uh, for our collection. And I, I, I would, I think it's a fair statement to say that, uh, you know, we, our collection is as unique as we are, you know, when, when you look at the games that kind of turn your crank, so to speak, mm-hmm. or make you want to seek that game out. Okay. Yeah. Well, now let me ask you this: as far as today, you know, after this time has transpired, and you've obviously you know sought out sought out quite a few games, collected quite a few games, where where do your tastes run today? Kind of fast forward, fast forward us to to today, and what does what does Brent go after today? I mean, is it is it pinball? Is it still arcade games? Is it a combination of the both? I mean, how 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 has your taste matured? Well, um, I have started to get into pinball mm-hmm. and um i, I had folks it's a, know, it's, it's a vicious disease yes isn't it, it is oh it's 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 awesome uh, yes, it's it awesome is. but it's vicious man I, i've had i've had several. But i love it <laughs> <laughs> i love it i've had i've had several folks ask you know over time why haven't you gotten into pinball yet because they know that i tend to be kind of mechanical and mm-hmm. i'm pretty meticulous yeah and the argument was always twofold. One space mm-hmm. in my old house. Space. Uh, that's space true. was at a real premium compared to 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 where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, but dude, once you play, I mean, yeah. Once you get the silver ball in your blood, though, man, it it doesn't let go. <laughs> <laughs> so space was one issue, and uh, um, I, I just I kind of grew up on the videos. Uh huh. And I didn't play a lot of pinball. Yeah, see, I, that, I can't that's remember the same, that's playing the same pinball when I was younger. Yeah, to be honest with you. And, and I'm I'm in the same boat. I mean, when I would look at when I would go into you know my my arcade or I would find games on location, 
I would see all of the vi- all of the vi- video games that I remembered, and the pinball titles. N- none of the pinball titles ever really you know stuck out at me because they all look more alike than they look different, mm-hmm. and. I've got a good appreciation for the artwork and everything that goes in, you know, the pinball back glass and the play fields and the artwork, you know, the cabinet artwork and everything like that. We could do a whole show talking just, Mm -hmm. just about artwork and it's probably a valid, a valid topic to cover at some point. But you know, when I was, when I was growing up or in the arcades, what I would expect to see was I want to see the shape of the Donkey Kong cabinet. I want to see the shape of the Tempest cabinet. I want to see the shape of, you know, the centipede cabinet because everything had so much, each cabinet had like its own personality mm-hmm. at, at that t- point in time. I didn't see pinballs as each pinball machine is having their own personality. You actually had to look into it to see the personality. Th- that's, of the pinball. that's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. They, they all, lo- it, it looked a little too assembly line to me mm-hmm. whereas when i was looking at the video games you know tempest had its had this you know big for foreboding you know monster on the top and in the vector screen and uh, the control panel with the spinner and centipede had the trackball and and it, 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 everything all the videos just look so completely different from each other that it, it would grab my eye and grab my imagination and in the pinballs at that point just didn't do that See, that's, so I, i'm in the same boat as you i just didn't play pinball growing up i, I always played the arcade games for me i just don't recall having seen a lot mm-hmm. and i don't know whether it's just they were there and i just didn't notice them yeah and the uh, even on the video side i could play the games but i i i would go as far as saying that i didn't necessarily even notice the cabinet it just didn't for whatever reason at that age at that time it just didn't appeal to me oh that that was and, one of the big appealing factors to me though and, it, it's yeah see but it, it's it's just neat to hear that because it's it, we we all go through these different yep. paths but we wind up at the same place what i <laughs> well, i tell you what i find myself you're talking about how, how this thing's kind of matured how, how's my taste changed yeah i kind of f- find myself drawn toward what would be considered things in the classic genre, uh-huh. but yeah. things that are less traveled. Okay. And if I if I had to sit down and, and think about it, the reason I would think would be is when I was in a setting where there were games, I could take or leave a game. Uh-huh. I didn't necessarily have a favorite. Yeah. And um, I, I'm e- sure... Even today, do you have a favorite? Well, I do have a favorite. Okay. I do... There, there, and it's, it's, a, it's not as much as... I universally am terrible at all of all games. And oh, I'm sure yeah. as we have people that are from the local area on, it will be a running theme as to how bad I am at a video game. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely but, not a player either. I, <laughs> I, I'm an enjoyer. I'm not so yeah. much a player. Yeah. So I do have a favorite, which yeah. I can talk, which way I can get into, but it's more of that is the memory of the situation surrounding that game. Okay. Um, one, a couple things that did happen that kind of bonded me mentally to a particular title. Um, but I kind of like the games that tend to be a, a, a less traveled. Okay. You know? Kind of define that for us. Uh, well, like, uh, are, are you talking like as far as like popularity of the title? Popularity or? of the title. Oh, okay. You gotcha. Know, now, I'll throw, here's a title I'll throw out, and a lot of people, I love that game. Yeah. Well, I got a time pilot back here. Dude, I love that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. It, but T- time pilot is a lot of fun. Back in the day, though, it wasn't. It didn't have the longevity and wasn't no, pulling the money no, that no, it, that the Pac-Mans and the Galagas yeah, and yeah. you know it, it's and it's not today. Uh, it isn't as niche, and I say niche because of 
the you know if you look at production numbers versus yeah. how much they earned and all of something like a food fight yes food fight awesome game awesome game one uh, one one of my all-time favorites but and, and it, it commands the dollar it does from, from a collectability from standpoint, a collectability standpoint. Yeah, yes it does yes it does well i rem, i don't but time pilot does not time pilot does not no you know? and, and when you when you look at let's kind of break this down here for just a segment for just a segment here for just a second here <laughs> that's going to be an edit spot <laughs> sorry no, we're going to let it roll <laughs> you think segment second it all just bleeds together but when, when you think about the playability of time pilot versus food fight i don't think that either one is any more or less playable than the other in fact i like them I like them both, but when I think about what draws me to the food fight more, it's the total package of what the food fight is. It's the special joystick. It's the full cabinet, the full cabinet artwork. It's the special cabinet that was built, purpose built just for that game. Uh, Atari took the time to make the marquee out of, you know, screen printed on glass, you know, on, on, on tempered glass Mm -hmm. and the control panel overlay. everything is that food fight is completely 100% purpose built for that game. Nothing, nothing against the time pilot, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's a century cabinet that is kind of generic. Well, if it's you go very back generic and just kind of looks, kind of looks thrown together. If you go but back, it's in, still a great game. Yeah. If you go yeah. back in that corner, you'll see a there's a Vanguard back there and my mm-hmm. Phoenix back there. Yeah, and, and they, the cabinets, and, they bo- and they both suffer from that. Yeah, they yeah. suffer from that. Yeah, I, I, so I could kind of take and leave the game. So yeah. if there was, if if I was standing there, if I had an opportunity to wander into it at the mall, or I was at Malibu, or I was at the bowling alley, yeah, you know, and there was a line that was four deep, off of Pac-Man uh-huh. or then, then Star you were, Wars, you were going to find something else. Yeah, I just okay, walk over and I play something else, and yeah. that might be my favorite for the week or two. Yeah. So, you know, I had a there. There are a couple games that have crossed my path, and, and then it, that that little spark goes off. It's like. I remember playing that. It was standing. I remember the time pilot being at the Pizza Hut right across from the register. Okay. And and I played it and I liked it. And so if I had the choice between a time pilot and something else sitting there that was, you know, of equivalent popularity or cost or whatever and condition was fair or whatever, or even like that time pilot, that isn't the nicest time pilot. That's probably the roughest game I've got in this basement. But, but, but you know something? Most all time pilots are rough. Yeah, for, yeah. It, and, and for whatever the, reason, yep. it, it the cabinets don't hold up well nope. and they tend to. The art fades really badly. The, the art and, fades really badly. So, and and they just tend to like dematerialize yeah. over time they, or disintegrate. They melt away. They, they just melt away. It's like butter on a biscuit, dude. It's just after a while, it's it, it, it's like the bottoms of them just kind of turn to yep. sludge. Yeah. So that's, you know. That the time pilot, poor That's, time pilot, yeah, poor time pilot. Yeah. It's so abused. Yeah, but it is loved. I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it's time, loved. Time pilots are awesome. They're and it's such a fun game to play. I mean, it's it's a great two it's a great two player game to you know to kind of you know talk smack with somebody else and you know and and, and, and run the game. It's it gets hard quick and it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. You know, so it, it it should have had a better life. So that kind of yeah. You know, I there if you look at if you look at the collection. There, there's a rhyme and reason to it to me okay but uh like like with any other collection mm-hmm. but i i don't necessarily seek titles and i don't I, if something finds me mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I got through that 
kind of buy all kinds of stuff yeah, phase yeah, really quick. Yep, yep, yep. You have you to. Know? You have to. And, you know, Otherwise, that, you will go broke. You will go broke. You will yeah, go broke. You, 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 I've got more projects than I know what to do with now. You and me both. And the projects that I've got are things that, for the most part, are things that I want for my game room. Mm-hmm. You yes, know, yeah. and it's titles that that have found me uh-huh. in some way, shape, or form. I'm not actively kind of seeking. Yeah. Well, now let let me let, let me take the conversation, kind of loop it back around. What what is your favorite game? You asked me that question, and I waxed on Donkey Kong for probably a little too long, I guess. <laughs> and uh, but what, what what gives you that that sensation? I guess what 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 makes you excited? What title makes you excited? Uh, and it's not down here. Okay. There's two out in the building. Okay. And it's Battle Zone. And really? That was <laughs> really? Battle Zone. And there's where I wish I'd had a camera so that I could have added something to the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and for everybody, you know, through the through the magic of podcasting, you know, unfortunately, you won't be able to see my <laughs> face <it>. there. <laughs> but I did this, like, really kind of sideways scrunch thing. Because, that I mean... Battlezone's a great game. It just was not the answer I was expecting at all. So, so what about Battlezone caught you? Was it the sound? Was it the? It uh, was it the periscope? Was it the cabinet? It's not, it's what, not what even the it? game itself. That that game. When I had mentioned the little game room that was up by the place that I eventually went to high school, uh, that's when my dad used to take me up there. I I that was the game that I really liked to play. Okay. And I, I liked the, it was different because that was, you know, the, the oh, it's pl- definitely different. Yeah, it was, it was definitely the, different. The place was filled with raster game, which I know is raster games now. Uh-huh. I don't remember, recall any other vector game there. Yeah. Uh, it stood out that the, my dad was in the military. Okay. Now he wasn't a tanker, but okay. I knew he, he was in the military and uh, um, so kind of had that little bit of military kind of aspect to it. The vector okay. graphics were kind of cool. The sounds were kind of cool. Yeah, sound, the and, sounds on the sounds are really good. But I think Atari, by and large, does a really good job yeah. with their sounds anyway. But so we yeah, Battle Zone's good for that. Th- they had a contest, and it wasn't like a high high score contest type of a deal. It was um, it was a raffle, okay. and the only thing that they told you during the raffle was they were going to give away a black and white game. And uh, um, it was that was the big deal to me for like the week or whatever it was building up to, and, and you didn't know what game it was. Okay. And um, my dad was signed on. To, you know, we'd gotten tickets, and he, you know, we had to go up there, and you had to be there, you had to be present to win, and all that kind of fun stuff. And you know, it was an odd time during the day, like middle of the day on a Saturday or whatever it was. And it turned out they were giving away a Space Invaders. <laughs> Which is, you know, you know, I, I, and I was like, I, oh, because like, there's my chances. Please let it be that game. You did know? you still want it after you knew it was the Space Invaders? No, I was kind of let down. <laughs> you know, well, well there, you know, you got the double, you Sorry. got the, you got the double whammy there. You know, first of all, it's gonna be the game you want, and you've yeah. got to win it. Yeah. You know. But once I found out Space Invaders, like, oh, whatever. Yeah, you know, it's like, I uh, actually, crap. Actually, I think Space Invaders is more fun on the Atari 2600 than it is in the arcade. And I don't know why. I, I Space Invaders, to me, is just an extremely... Despite it being a classic, and I want to give it all the love and respect and props that Space Invaders deserves, I don't think it holds up well over time. And for me, it's just, it's, it's just not fun. I don't know what it I'm is I'm trying to think it. when the last time I played it, um, you know, there was an opportunity to play at the Louisville Arcade Expo this year. Was yeah. A, there was a cabaret up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I never managed to wheel around to, to actually play it. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, so, it, and, and that cabaret was in nice shape, too. I mean, it was definitely a good-looking game, but that's interesting. So, Space Invaders, huh? So, yeah. so it wasn't the battle zone. And, no. Yeah, un- unfortunately. So, let me ask you this. Now, with, with your collection having grown quite a bit, and you say that uh, you pretty much wait the games out, you know, to find you, and you're not actively seeking. Sounds very zen, doesn't it? It, do, it does. <laughs> but you know, I think we all have to get to that point yeah. of zen. Otherwise, we would completely burn ourselves out. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I, I know for the time that I've been in this hobby, I'm not actively looking for games at all now. I've gotten, I've, I've hit a critical mass. I've got uh, uh, what I consider to be a good, you know, a good. I've got seed capital for my collection. Mm-hmm. Okay, as do I. Yeah, and and so I'm not I'm not having to beat down you know you know beat down the path in order to or, you know walk the path and beat down the doors in order to find a game. I'm more so now just kind of letting letting it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if one if one pops up, that's great. If not, you know, I've got enough to keep me busy otherwise. How do you, how do you go about finding your games now? Are, are you pretty much in that same boat? Pretty much. I mean. Yeah. The, the, I over the years I've uh, I've gotten rather connected with the the local community. Okay, and uh, um, it, so you know you kind of stay in tune with what what what's kind of available. You know, and we need to we need to make a note of uh, of talking about the social aspect of this mm-hmm. hobby. I think we Brent we ought to make it we ought to make a podcast episode on on the social aspect of the hobby mm-hmm. because. I think that's a, a point that we all start out kind of ignoring, and we're, we're so hyper focused on the games and hyper focused on fix this, fix this, yeah. or do this, play this, do this, do that. Well, I but, but but you can't survive in this hobby without the social aspect. Absolutely, it, it, it's 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 impossible. So even even I mean, when you're I, not, even when it's just beyond socializing, just to to find repair help or to find titles, um, I've had two two parties at this since i've moved at this yeah. house since i've got the the bones of the game room game room together yeah and uh, um my the biggest being last december mm-hmm. and uh you know i had a lot of arcade folks here yeah, i know I, I mean i remember it well i was yeah. here I, I wish i wasn't sick at, at that at that <laughs> yeah, point you were under the weather. I, fe- I felt pretty bad but but man well, the, you know, the first one i had i felt pretty bad because did you make it to that the very I, I did not 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 no i did not make it to the first the one, very no. f- I, i've had two get-togethers here yeah. and the first one i had i had knee surgery on that tuesday or wednesday so uh um um it it was interesting for me. I everything was it, it, the way it all planned out, and everything was already in the works, and it just kind of was the way it was going to be. And it was just like, okay, and it you is. Just got to ride it. Yeah, you just got to ride with it. You but know? Th- uh, on my birthday party, yeah, it was my birthday party. It was in December. That was a December get together. I noticed that you know all the the game folks, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, folks that have really nice game rooms and you know titles and i know kind of what titles they have and there's titles here that they they have and a lot that they don't yeah um it was more of a social thing which was fine yeah because it, it i was is. doing it too you know well i, I think what we find i think what we find is that if i really want to play centipede I, i'll play it at home or i can yeah. go home and play centipede and and, and you've got a great you've got a very nice centipede i mean it's a, it's a beautiful game but i don't think it's I, I don't think ultimately it's any one game that draws everybody here mm-hmm. it's the it's the opportunity yep. to interact with each other mm-hmm. 
share some stories, uh, play, play, definitely play yeah. some games, drink now, some beers, whatever, and just have a good time. My, my family and then the folks from work that didn't have games, uh-huh. they were the ones playing all the games. Yeah. And all the game people, even titles that they didn't have, were just kind of sitting around chatting. Yeah. Sitting around chatting. That's exactly, Absolutely. That's exactly right. And it, it's, I think it's, I think that's a recurring theme as well. You know, it, it, there's definitely that, there's definitely the, the social aspect of the hobby that just, that really just kind of renews it, you know, and keeps it fresh and, keep, and keeps it going. So. Yeah, I, I think it's a good point. And I think it's something we ought to, we ought to talk about on, on a future episode because I think it would help a lot of budding collectors out to, uh, to help them know, know what to focus on and know what to seek mm-hmm. out in order to stay in this hobby for any, for any length of time. Because I, I think the hobby can be kind of, uh, it can be kind of lonely if you, if you let it be, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. where all you do is sit around and work on games and, and do this or do that. And if you're not out there and interacting and building, building a network and, and finding friends and, you know, and fostering those relationships, it can kind of become, well, from it can, it can beat down on you after for, after a while. From my point of view, you know, um, the the game room that I've got, and without some pictures, it's kind of hard to see. But I've I did in my basement. It's you know black light carpet, you yeah. know big ring, yeah, kind of based hoop, black light carpet and black lights. And other than the laundry room and then the bathroom in my shop, the entire basement is dedicated to games. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, just, I mean, crazy colors on the walls. I mean, I'm looking at uh, oranges and purples and and lime greens and, um, you know, uh, sound system down here kind of tucked away up in the corners where I've I've put speaker wire on. I mean, it's, it's, I did it as a game room. Yeah. And then, then you do, you just you just can't let it just sit here and exist. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if I want to come down here and turn the game room on and, and play a game of something or play a couple games, but it, you got to have folks come in and enjoy it and and enjoy it. And I tell you from, from my family's perspective, and it's been a real good opportunity to bring everybody together. I've had uh, uh, a couple of the, the nephew's birthday parties over here and, um, it's it's made a it's been it has had for for me a big advantage yeah a positive a impact, positive impact a positive exactly. impact yeah and and I, I I will say this I think that's one of the I think that's one of the the good side effects of of having your own game room and carrying it to term like that is that you know family and friends enjoy it uh you know i'm st- i'm i'm still a little further behind on my game room than than you are on yours i mean i've i've got the black light carpet down i've got the walls done uh for me it's been more so about getting all of my games playable uh because you know as the name implies i buy just like what you were talking about i buy a lot of my stuff broken yeah and i've i, I have forced myself to learn to, fi- to fix my games and, and to work on them or do whatever so so a lot i I've got a lot of my games are playable, but there's there's a lot of them right now that that are not. So I, I don't have quite the the widest selection, you know, up and going. But you know, it, it'll get there. And it, but I'm you know, you become committed to the you become committed to the idea. Yeah. And, and you say, yeah, I, I know what this can be. Yeah. 
So, all right, what what else you got? Throw it my way. <laughs> well, I, I think we've given everybody uh, everybody a, a pretty good glimpse into in, into Brent here. So, I, I mean, anything you want to say? I guess in, in closing, Brent, what what are you? Uh, what, what are you working on now? I mean, what, what's been the what's been the latest thing you know to come into the game room and and what what what's uh you know what what capitalizes your interest today? You know, despite despite the battle zone and everything like that, I mean, your battle zone is my Donkey Kong. But the, if if that's all we talk about, that's just such a, a, a you know a single sided view of the of the person. So what so, what, so what, what's, what's the next thing to kind yeah, of come in and yeah, I, I'm torn mm-hmm. because you know I'm at the point right now. Where um, I'd so, a couple pieces have left, okay, you know, and I've got some, I've got, I had s- plenty of space, and now I've got much more, and that's probably the last time, if not the first, the first time, if not the last time, you will ever hear a, a, a game person say, "I've got plenty of space." I, I'm yeah. lucky in that position right I'm, now. I'm short right now. Yeah, quite a bit, and trying trying to uh, work a deal with my wife where we can we can knock out a wall downstairs and uh, honey, we can do with a twin size bed. We'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. That's right. <laughs> it's the yeah. one right here. Yeah, I want to I want to knock out a wall and dedicate a you know dedicate uh, I, take I, two rooms and merge them into one for for pinball. I so. had that uh, a friend of mine up in Ohio. I, Every time I go up to the, up to his house, I know his family, and it's in, in, invariably it's, it's I asked, hey, can we run over to this brother or that brother's? Can you help me carry a move a move this to there or something? Oh yeah, sure, let's go over. I want to see him. So yeah, I uh, I go to one of the brothers' house, and it, it this was before I really was paying attention to pins. I was still doing videos and okay, um, I know where this is going. And <laughs> literally that the, they. We went to, he wanted to show me a particular machine and I want to say it might've been a high speed uh-huh. and they had a, uh, um, the house they had, it was kind of, a um, um, I can't think of the term for it right now. Like a Cape Cod. Okay. If folks know what that is. Yeah. And so we go, we go upstairs, which is their bedroom area and sitting in their bedroom is three pinball machines. Okay. And I just looked at him and I'm like, how, how she let, how's this work? Well, I moved him up here when she wasn't home. <laughs> okay, and they're too and they're too heavy for his wife to move yeah, back. And, so, yeah, she can't so, do it on her own. So she can't do it on her there own. There was a there so was a beam sit, that sit. was part of the house that was gone that had been used as part. It was part of the structure of the home, and it was built around and actually used as a character piece because okay. it was there. Uh-huh. And he literally had to like pick these up the bodies up over this beam, and it was, a, yeah, it was an endeavor. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that, that anyway. was the sound of Whitney rolling his eyes. Yeah, yeah. That just sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like she wasn't home i was like yeah. okay yeah and, and and believe me they they were all the time i've spent around them they're not a contentious couple they love each other to That's death good. and she accepts him yeah so and and yes and a shout out to the wives there yes. oh absolutely yes, yes definitely all they, awesome people yes all awesome people they put up with so much so wait, where am i going you know i'm kind of i've got the option right now um I can pull some pins in here. I can pull uh, some videos in here and I'm trying to decide where I'm going to go. And uh, right now there's only one pin down here. Um, and it's a beautiful one as, as well as an Adams family. So yeah, it's nice. Um, so I'm trying to decide uh, when I pull the next set of games down here, what I'm going to do. And I'm really leaning toward, I've got the two battle zones out in the garage and I'm really leaning toward that's going to be the next thing. I'm going to go and get, get, 
those together, get those knocked out. So are you, are you going to do two into one, or are you going to sell one? Or One's going to be for sale. Uh, one's going to be for sale. Yeah, it just... Okay. If you got two, it's a little easier, with especially with both of them having some issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can, yeah, you can use one to help you document the other. Yeah, that, you can trade some parts around. I know this works here. Around. I know that's, that works that's there. The way my, that's the way my, my defenders are, and, and I say that in plural because I've got like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of odd how you come across all these games. Yeah, and absolutely. It's like, well, I'll take two and make one, then I come across another defender, and it's like, I think there's some parts on that I can use that are better than the other two. Mm-hmm. And so eventually eventually it'll become three into one, then I've got to make one for a buddy of mine, so an- another good friend of mine. But, yeah, so I, I, think, I, know, I know how it goes. I think I'm going to go with uh, – um, I think I'm going to go ahead and get the uh, the battle zones knocked out. That's cool. And uh, – uh, but put a, a a much missed game back in the game room. Yeah. Clear out some space in the garage. Yeah. And then uh, uh, probably dive into one of the pins that I've got out there. Um, go ahead and get 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 something up and running. You know, put another. This this little guy here is lonely. So. <laughs> yes. I know what you mean. I, I start I started with one pin as well, and then uh, it's uh, it it's it just it just grows. So. The bad part, the only bad part about uh, about pinball though, is the cost. Yeah, this and, the is time. A, and the time. It's I'm, the cost and the time. I'm, one of the things I used to tell folks was, you know, I don't, I don't want a game that has all of this plastic and all of this, me- all everything in it is mechanical, and all of these little places where things can go wrong. Yeah, and then I and then bat around a big steel ball bearing <laughs> in it. I mean, I am, I am, <laughs> I am rather meticulous uh-huh. and uh you know here, here's gonna be the knock on wood moment but because because a pinball machine beats itself up yeah I it mean, beats itself it to death. beats itself to death and so all the time that you spend fixing it when you play it it's just going back downhill again yeah yeah i, I here, here's the little knock on wood moment because as, as soon as i say this it won't happen again but the machines that i've gone through you know i'd the play fields almost all the way down mm-hmm. do what i needed to do clean repair complete shop out reassembly yeah. and even even the atoms where you've basically kind of got a pseudo three-layer situation where you've got you know a flyover wire form you've got a, a large main ramp and then you've got several subways and you know you've got several up kickers and all that um a lot a lot's going on lots the play, going on a lot's going on the play field and yes I, when i put that when i put it all back together I only had to adjust one switch outside of outside of the slingshots and, you know, stuff that made it, you know, once I got the rubbers on them, um, I only had to adjust one switch under the play field. Okay. And I just, um, and I'm, I tend to be pretty meticulous and sometimes it serves me well, but sometimes it doesn't serve me very well. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it actually works against us. You know, so I, I, I tend to spend all my tune time on the front side, you know, by, you know, and like I said, now that'll never happen again. The next one I'll do, not not a thing on it'll work. And not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it is what it is, part man. Of it. Well, and like I say, I mean, I, I think I think a big part of this hobby is just uh, you just have to live with broken stuff. And, and you just have to live with broken games, broken pins, broken everything. Mm-hmm. And and chase just, it you constantly just have to chase, chase it. constantly chase it man constantly chase it thanks for your time Brent
Brent, we've gone uh, kind of around the world on on this first episode here of the of the Broken Token podcast. We've covered a lot of ground, and I think we've uncovered a lot that we can uh, that we can certainly delve into for for the next episode. And with that, I think uh, based upon based upon the time here in the Broken Token studio, we've probably <laughs> come to the close of our first episode. Yeah, I think. Uh I think we've done a pretty good job. I think it I, turned out real well. Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. It's it's definitely got that Seinfeld esque kind of feel to it, you know, for for this first episode. And you know, I, th- I think we wandered all around, and then we but but we found you know we, I think we, we finally found, made it home. I think, I think we, we finally we made it home. home. I think we brought it home. <laughs> we did. We did. So yeah, I definitely want to thank everybody who uh, who muscled through this uh, muscled through this time with us here. We we hope you enjoyed it. We hope it was uh, entertaining uh, first and foremost. And uh, there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely some some structure that uh, that Brent and I have uh, have got planned for for the next episode as far as uh, interviews as far as uh, segments for the show and everything we'll, we'll definitely get into that uh, here in, in episode number two uh, as, as far as as far as how how the show is going to how the show is going to be structured and what, what we're going to cover and everything like that I mean we're we're getting our content lined up for uh, for for episode uh, two three and four. And uh, then we, some, then some surprises yeah, uh, boy, towards the, towards the end of the year for some things that that we definitely want to branch out into and uh, and cover. So soon to come, we've already uh, we've already started to contact some folks here um, here locally to go ahead and put some interviews mm-hmm. interviews on the on the docket. Yes, uh, some some local uh, uh, tech tech folks, uh, yes. just some. Uh, I mean, local we, hobbyists, local yeah, collectors. Th- that's exactly right. I mean, we're we're pretty fortunate because we've got a pretty good pool to to draw from Absolutely. as far as far as operators as far as operators, and and, and I think that's probably one of the one of the the, the big the big uh, items there that, that that we really need to spend some time on is we've got some operator access. Uh, well, Brent's got some operator access. Whitney just sits at the mic, but Brent's got some operator access that Try, that trying we'll, to co- coerce for a <laughs> yeah. What can we trade for mic time? You know, <laughs> but we've got some operator access that would just uh, just be tremendous. I mean, just it podcast solid gold is what is what is what this guy the, will be. The, the stories and that that's what i find real interesting even with i know i'd mentioned you know a local tech person yeah. not that we would have sat here and answer tech calls but uh, folks that have been in the industry slash community slash hobby for, for years. years years and um it, it not just well my pac-man won't go right where i look just yeah. just the stories of what what it was like back in the quote unquote day, how yes. things went, how, yeah, back how big day. of a scene was it? What, how did you dispose of equipment? How yeah. did you deal with such and such? Uh, was this vendor like this? You know, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, what's it really like? All the what behind the really scenes like stuff to, to deal with Williams as, as a company and, and the people and, and, or, or Bally or Atari and, whatever happened to all the people that, that you knew when you were dealing with these companies. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's, I think there's a segue to to a lot of of avenues that that we can chase and and get a lot of good information that I think would that I think would be interesting. I think it would be compelling podcast material given given the the subject in the hobby here and and I think a lot of people oh, would, would, would learn a lot as a lot well. Of the, a lot of the backstory, at least, yes. is 
as I'm sure everyone knows, a lot of the backstory is just unbelievably interesting. How how did we get here? Where did this come from? What was it really like to go to a a show in Chicago in the 80s? Yeah, when when Bally and Williams and and Stern, whomever, were just just in their heyday. Absolutely. Just, just, I mean, just slinging a hammer on it, so to speak. And we're we're really, uh, we're, we're really getting it done. So we're uh, we're actively working to 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 line up some some very interesting, colorful individuals to yes. sit down with us, get a little time behind the mic, yes, and just have some open dialogue and and, and just see where it takes us, and just and just see where it takes us because I I think I, I think Brent that, that when we look about what we want the show to grow into, and then what the show will actually grow into. I, I think I think we'll get it there, but I think they're I think it's going to take a few different uh, a few different twists and turns, you know, in, in order for everything to meet up. Because somewhere between somewhere between segments and structure, and somewhere between color and commentary, then that's where the Broken yeah, Token exactly. Podcast will be. You know, yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So with that, we want to thank everybody for listening. We uh, certainly appreciate your time. And uh, we look forward to episode number two here again uh, next month. And we'll be back in the Broken Token podcasting studio. <laughs> and trust me, it's, uh, it's a great place, man. So, <laughs> so we will be back next month. We'll do it all again. And uh, we, look forward to, uh, we look forward to everybody joining in. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, and raves, both good and bad. Email us, podcast at brokentoken.com. Follow us on Twitter at Broken Token. And like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash broken token blog. Want to talk to us in person? Call us, 502 517-7199 and leave us a voicemail. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, tech tips, and expanded show notes from this and every episode of the podcast. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store, Stitcher Radio, Libsyn, and Gpotter. The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com, that's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com, for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music. As far as I know, the entire universe is listening and just loving it. Every single second, every inflection, every cackle. I love it.